Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Podcasting is often touted as a way to reach a younger, hipper demographic. But that ignores the millions of people, 55 and older, who listen to podcasts today with different habits and content preferences. Today's episode is brought to you by the Advancing Podcasting Community at advancingpodcasting.xyz. Because why would I do anything normal? It's a special community just for listeners and readers of podcast pontifications. And it's populated by like-minded, working podcasters just like you who also want to make podcasting better. You're already listening to the show, so why not extend the conversation and your influence on the future of podcasting? Join us today at advancingpodcasting.xyz. Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. I've been thinking about a slide from Edison Research's The Infinite Dial 2021 report that showed strong growth in the 55 and older listening crowd to podcasts. That's now up to an estimated 24 million Americans, which is up big time from like 4 million a decade ago. 20 more million people, 55 and older, are listening to podcasts today than were a decade ago. A lot can happen in a decade. Related to that, you know, a few days ago, we lost Ed Asner at 91. Ed, if you're unfamiliar, was most known for his role on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which ran from 1970 to 1977. If you remember the show at all, or were subjected to it, perhaps by your parents or grandparents who like to watch reruns, you remember that Ed's character of Lou was the grumpy old man on the show. Old man. Ed Asner was in his 40s the entire time that show aired. I'm older than Ed Asner was during the taping of the Mary Tyler Moore show. So let's get back to podcasting because all of this ties in together. We tend to think of podcasting as something that is young and hip and attracts the youngsters and the hipsters, I guess. And, and yes, to do, to, to, for, for truth, it actually is. Just today, there was a report out by Westwood One showing the median age of podcast listeners is just 34. But remember that slide I mentioned from the Edison Research deck? There are a lot of not 34-year-olds listening podcasts, and their number is growing every single year. Now, I'm going to make a lot of inferences here on just a couple of the graphs in that report. And with those inferences come four bits of insight, I think, that warrant the attention of podcasters like you and me. The 55 and older podcast listening crowd 
have more discretionary time. If we look at that same report, Edison Research's The Infinite Dial 21 report, the middle group, the 35 to 54-year-olds, they actually went down as a percentage, the percentage of listeners of that age group that listen to podcasts on a monthly basis, that actually went down from 20 to 21, likely because of the pandemic problems. A lot of key listening time for that age group, like commuting back and forth to work and going to the gym, well, a lot of that went away. But for the 55 and older crowd, same time frame, they actually grew by four basis points year over year. And yes, I do understand that many people in the 55 and older crowd do have jobs and do commute and go to the gym, but many of them actually are further along in their careers and have a lot more flexibility than some of the youngers. Also, that 55 and older bucket is is big. It covers a lot of retired and semi-retired people who don't do the normal things like listen in the morning on the commute and listen on the way home on the commute. They don't follow normal listening practices because their behaviors change when you retire or semi-retire. So if this group, this 55 and older group, which is growing, if that's bucking that trend, what other best practices or assumed behaviors of podcasting are they bucking and you're not aware of? Second interesting thing I note is that 55 and older podcast listeners is by far not a monolith. You realize that between 55 and, oh, let's just say 100, that's 45 different ages. And the difference between a 55-year-old and a 70-year-old is, not a 7, a 70-year-old is vast. That's only 15 years in between there, but still a big difference from someone who is 55 to someone who is 70, generally speaking. Now, I don't have the data to support this. I'm sure Edison does. But it stands to reason that the percentage of listenership across those 45 years, between 55 and 100, stands to reason if you plotted out the number of people listening and the percentage of listening in each year, it would be a big power curve, right? 55 would probably be the biggest, or 55 to 56, 70, something like that. And then it would slowly taper off. As the age number gets higher, the percentage likely gets lower. But as time progresses, that fat head you see at 55, 56, will continue to get a little wider and a little wider and a little wider as people continue to, you know, age in. Because that brings me to my third insight here. 24 million today. What is that? 240 million tomorrow? Okay, maybe not tomorrow, but pretty soon. You got to remember, the 35 to 54-year age bracket, the 54s age into the 55-plus every year. And those are people who are listening a lot right now. Magically, when you turn 55, you don't stop listening to podcasts. They're going to keep listening. You know, I've long said that podcasting fails the grandma test, where the blame squarely sits at the feet shared by the distributed nature of podcasting as well as app podcast listening app developers. Well, I'm not sure that either of those things are going to change anytime soon because they haven't in 17 years. But my wife, who is also a grandma, has no trouble using the podcast listening app. 
not the podcast listening app that came on her phone, the one she purposely installed because she knows it provides a better experience for her. The technologies, the, the, the old people in technology problem, if you will, is being solved not because technology is getting better, although I guess you could argue it is, but because tech-savvy people are aging in to those ranges. Also, 55 and us, 55 and older crowd tend to listen to age-specific content. For fun, go look at Alan Alda's podcast, uh, Clear Plus Vivid. I'm not sure why we stopped using the ampersand, but Clear Plus Vivid is the name of Alan Alda's podcast. Look at it on Apple Podcasts. Just use the website. Don't have to worry about installing the program. I'll put a link to it in the episode details. Scroll down to the listeners also subscribe to section, and what do you see? A predominance of shows that are hosted by people in that 55-plus age range. Now, Alan Alda is 85. Katie Couric's show is in there. She's 64. Rob Lowe's podcast is there as well. He's 57. You'll also see WTF by Mark Merritt. He's in there too. Well, guess what? Mark's the same age as Rob. 57. It's not all old people stuff. I mean, sure, some of it is hosted by old people, <laughs> but it's it's very mainstream. And, and, and also, there's a lot of very niche content in there as well. So yeah, old people do listen to podcasts, and we're going to keep listening. Excuse me, they are going to keep listening to podcasts as we become those of who we speak of. Let's do some quick Boostagram cornering, shall we? Now it's time for the Booster, 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 Boostagram Corner. Boostagram Corner. I don't know a thing about crypto. Pat Cheung from the Pod Inbox, he bought me 15 virtual coffees and says, see you for a real coffee at She Podcast Live. Indeed you will, Pat. Thanks. Looking forward to that. By the way, She Podcast is in October in Scottsdale. If you use the code A-Z-P-O-D when you register, you'll save like 100 bucks on your ticket. Yeah, go. I'm going to be there. Also, Kevin Patton of Academic Podcasting, he left me a nice review for podcast pontifications on Podchaser and said, I love the brief but provocative audio essays that get me thinking outside the box the other podcasting pundits often seem to put us in. Ooh. Even when I disagree with Evo's suggestions, what? I learn from them. Any podcaster who considers themselves creative needs to listen regularly. Thank you very much, Pat Kevin, for that. If you got any value out of today's episodes or any of the episodes I bring to you four days a week, please return some of that value, either by using one of the new podcast listening apps that send funds while you listen, or by leaving a review somewhere, like Kevin did, or finally, at buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra, much like Pat did. That's it. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers! Podcast Pontifications is written and narrated by Evo Terra. He's on a mission to make podcasting better. Links to everything mentioned in today's episode are in the notes section of your podcast listening app. A written-to-be-read article based on today's episode is available at podcastpontifications.com, where you'll also find a video version and a corrected transcript, both created by Alley Press. Podcast Pontifications is a production of Simpler Media. Find out more at simpler.media.
While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.